When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Grew up in Athabasca, hit it big with TSN. James says, uh, hey, Reed, I know it's all BS and for show, but Jay is one of my favorite guests. However, his name should be Jay on wrong, LOL. And another texter says, it's a great thing that Jay does not date himself with his morning show references, LOL. Yes, Jay Onright's still a fan of the uh, 1980s morning programming we had here on 630 Chat. Or maybe it was Power 92 he was referring to. I'm not really sure with Jay half the time. Uh, he sure is obsessed with the town of Mournville, though, and all the liquor he brought, he bought there as an underage uh, member of the Athabasca community. Uh, <laughs> anyway, on a more serious note, this texter says, if Colin Kaepernick kneels respectfully during the anthem due to a personal belief, how is that different than someone who sits respectfully due to religious beliefs? Since when is standing for the national anthem in Canada or the U.S.? A mandatory action. We live in a society where freedom of expression is a legally protected right, so long as it doesn't cross into the realm of hate speech or bullying. That is a text to 63630. While uh, another texter says, Hey, read in the top levels of NASCAR, no athlete is bigger than the sport. NASCAR is always happy to remind any and all participants of the fact if they start to become too much of a problem, they welcome controversy but nip it in the bud if it uh, pushes the limits. And uh, Greg from Westlock says, on the issue of kneeling for the anthem, what would happen if a league penalized the team five yards on their first series for each person kneeling? That would put a lot of the pressure uh, on uh, any kind of team player. That is Greg from Westlock texting 630-630. Jay referenced the Mike Riley postgame interview and uh, we have that here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this. It obviously is from yesterday. And it was a uh, much different Riley than the one we're used to hearing. There's opportunities all over the field for all four quarters, offense, defense, special teams. Took advantage of some of them, didn't take advantage of the other ones. You know, Turned the ball over three times offensively. Hard to win a football game like that. Uh, probably one of the toughest losses that you've had on this football team uh, since you've been here. Uh, this one, this one's probably going to sting a little bit more than others, just the way it went down and, and how you guys played. There's no doubt. I mean, you're uh, you're close enough to uh, you're close enough to win it. Uh, talk about bouncing back and being able to move forward and going back to work later this week for the game on Saturday. Yeah, we don't got time to sit here and pout about it. We got a game on Saturday, so get on the bus, go home, 
and get to work and figure out how to make sure we don't make the mistakes that we made tonight. You know, we don't clear that up. It's going to be the same result. So, you know, that's our job is to figure it out. You can play with this team. There's no question you can. But uh, you said opportunities all over the field and was talked about all week where if you, you got a chance to put a team like the Stampeders on the ropes and, and you, you got to find a way to finish them, right? And I guess <laughs> I, I, I guess if you had the easy answer, you, you could tell me. But the lack of finish in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, I guess how do you – I guess you keep going back to the lab and keep addressing it. But uh, it, how do you get to the point where you just don't let it get frustrating to the point of that it, it immobilizes you? I mean, that's what we get paid to do. We get paid to figure it out, you know, and we haven't so far. So, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I don't I don't have the answer to that, you know, but we got to find it. And, and that's, you know, hopefully what the next couple of days will be about. All right, that's Mike Riley with David Morley after yesterday's game. Look, we've all heard Mike Riley for the last five years do interviews as the quarterback for the Edmonton Eskimos. He uh, often uh, offers detailed explanations. He uh, usually speaks with... Uh, I mean, maybe energy is not the right word, but he, you know, he's quite outgoing after wins and losses. Uh, that was as uh, as quiet as I've ever heard him. Those were some of the shortest answers I've ever heard from Mike Riley. Clearly disappointed after yesterday's game. Frustrated fan texting into the 630-630 line. He says, for the second game in a row, Riley disappears in the second half with only six points in the second half of both games. The Eskimos would win if Mike Riley would show up. That is a text from Frustrated Fan. Well, Frustrated Fan, three years ago, you texted after the Labor Day loss and said the Eskimos would not win another game. The exact opposite happened. So I hope the exact opposite of your criticism happens now and Mike Riley lights it up in the second half of every game from here on out. That'd be fun to watch. Bob Irving from CJOB in Winnipeg, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, is on the line. Hey, Bob, thanks for making time for us in little old Edmonton tonight, man. How are you doing? My pleasure. I'm doing fine. How are you guys? I, I'm doing well. Uh, we have our coach's show coming up at 7.30. You just had yours uh, with Coach O'Shea in Winnipeg. Uh, what was his tone after their Labor Day disappointment? Well, Mike's tone never changes very much. Uh, he's always very level and very optimistic and, uh, you know, very analytical in, in what went wrong. Uh, you know, the, the Wolves are howling a bit here because the Bombers have lost three games in a row and expectations were high this season but as mike uh, logically explained on our show the bombers played well enough to win in regina on sunday just a couple of as in a lot of games and i think uh, you guys probably feel the same way about that game against calgary uh, a couple of plays went uh, the wrong way and then the other team wins and that's the fine line between winning and losing so uh, you know that's the the approach mike takes he always stays the course uh, he believes in what they're doing here uh, he's not about to change anything dramatically because he believes in what they're doing. And, and his belief is that if they keep doing what they believe in, things will turn around. So we will see. Bombers now 5-6 and six on the season, fourth in the West. I, I hate using this phrase because the playoffs don't start today, Bob. But if the playoffs started today, uh, Winnipeg would cross over to the uh, East Division and be the third seed. So they are in a, in a playoff spot, and uh, they're still fighting with Edmonton and Saskatchewan for a possible home game in the West. They still play Edmonton a couple of times, still a couple games against Saskatchewan. So uh, it's on the table for them. But I, I, I think, you know, I, I watched the whole Winnipeg-Saskatchewan game, and I, I'm watching, and I'm thinking this game is there for Winnipeg to take. They didn't take it. Uh, yesterday 
Saturday's game. It was there for Edmonton to take, and they didn't take it. And I think that's, you know, I talk to the fans all the time. I think sometimes you get beat, but there's a little more frustration when uh, maybe there's that feeling that you didn't take advantage of some opportunities or, or maybe even beat yourself, which was yeah. the case for the Eskimos. No, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the two previous games, the Bombers uh, got soundly beaten. Now they they played Calgary even for two and a half quarters. As a matter of fact, we're ahead of the Stampeders in the third quarter and then just kind of fell apart. Calgary took over the game. The week before against Ottawa, the Bombers were just bad. They got beat 44-21 and were just bad. But on, on Sunday in Regina, in a very difficult environment to play in, I think we all know that in this league. I mean, the Calgary went in there the week before and got beat. Uh, the Bombers in the first half absolutely dominated the game. They held the Riders to less than 100 yards of offense. Uh, they were only up by three, which was a, basically a, a crime because Saskatchewan had done nothing except return a punt for a touchdown and and intercept a pass and run it down to the one-yard line. Uh, but the second half, things changed, and the Riders came on strong and, and eked out a, a narrow victory. I think these teams, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, uh, man, oh man, there's not much to choose uh, between them. You guys have Mike Riley, and uh, I have uh, the world of respect for him. I think he's one of the best players this league has seen in in many, many years at that quarterback position. But even now, uh, he's fighting to, to help keep his squad above 500. That's just how hotly contested it is in the West, and I don't think it'll change going down the stretch. Well, you know, I was I was talking last night about how you how you would do do power rankings at this point, and I was you know texting uh, one of my buddies uh, in in Calgary, and how you'd I I think right now you'd put Saskatchewan as the second best team in the league, and then Edmonton, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Hamilton, you'd, you'd probably get some debate about how you'd rank those teams three through six. Yeah, I think that's true. Here's kind of the beauty of the CFL, and I guess the beauty of sport, and I say this over and over again. So Ottawa comes in here and beats the Bombers 44-21, and then they go home and they get beat by Montreal. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, go figure that. Uh, and Montreal goes into Regina and beats the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, I know that's early in the season, but Montreal probably had no business beating anybody at that time. So you just don't know from week to week. You know, I think so many there's so many variables at play here, but I'm with you on the power rankings. When Ottawa beat the Bombers 44-21, they looked as good as any team in the league. They were 6-3, and three. so then they go home and they lose to Montreal. Now, where do we put them now? Hamilton looked really good yesterday, I thought. Really yep. good. I would rate them second in in the league right really? now. Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, I would. I think... Uh, I think they've got a real strong club, and, and the more I see of Mazzoli, the more impressed I am. Uh, I just think he's he's the real deal. I know his one-loss record isn't what he'd like it to be, but, uh, yeah, I think he's really good. Now, when I say second, you know, a week from now or two weeks from now, they might be fifth. Right. Uh, and that's, again, <laughs> just the, the way it goes. The only thing we know for certain is that Calgary would be ranked number one. Yeah, and uh, they, they win all the time, except except great cups i mean i wonder if if they hadn't lost those last two great cups i wonder if people would just be be bored but there's still that kind of are, are they going to get over the hump right when, when it comes down to the to well, i mean they'll likely host the west final and then yeah. see if they well, can i think get the fans in calgary are somewhat bored I, yeah you know when we go there for games it's a quiet crowd there's lots of no shows you guys see that uh, I, I think the fans are kind of complacent there about winning all the time during the regular season. I kind of feel, I know nobody in Edmonton does, but I kind of felt sorry for Calgary 
last year in the Great Cup game. They deserve to win that game. So Jordan fumbles. It's returned for a touchdown. You know, Calgary outplayed Toronto, outplayed them from beginning to end, and somehow found a way to lose the game. But again, that's sport. There's heartbreak and there's ecstasy and all the rest of it. And uh, and here the Stampeders are again. You know, they picked themselves up uh, from that massive disappointment of last year, and they're ruling the roost again this year, and uh, we'll see if it turns out any differently. Bob Irving joining us on Inside Sports, play-by-play voice for the Bombers on CGOB in Winnipeg. And, of course, big news there today from the ice front. Blake Wheeler, who uh, just turned 32 uh, on Friday, gets a new contract from the Jets, five years, $8.25 million per year, uh, very well paid. And why wouldn't he be? He was ninth in the NHL in scoring last season. I, I mentioned to a caller last half hour, there were only two guys in the entire league last season that had more assists than Connor McDavid. Claude Giroux and Blake Wheeler, 68 mm-hmm. each to 67 for McDavid. So uh, he had a special year, but, uh, but I mean, he's been a pretty big part of the Jets for uh, for quite a while. And it's interesting, too, they don't wind up giving him the seven- or eight-year deal, which, which probably uh, sits well with a lot of fans. Yeah, I agree with everything you've just said. Uh, Blake Wheeler last year. Uh, was absolutely phenomenal. His his work ethic is unparalleled. The guy, every single game, uh, gives it everything he's got on every shift. He's a tremendous leader, greatly respected by his teammates, productive, uh, just the kind of player you, you want to keep around. And I give Kevin Cheveldayoff, the Jets general manager, a tremendous amount of credit. Uh, basically what they're doing is they're paying Blake Wheeler. And he's been making $5.5 million a year under a contract he signed a few years ago. He's been underpaid. And I know that sounds crazy, right, when you're talking about millions. But by uh, today's standards, he's been underpaid. So Shevel Dayoff has taken care of Blake Wheeler. And he didn't, you know, he didn't have to give him the six or seven years or wait till he became a free agent. He's 32 years old. He got him five years, five years, and he's going to give him eight, eight-something a year. And Wheeler wants to be here. You know, he said that repeatedly today. He said, I like what we have going. We have a chance to be uh, Stanley Cup champions, and Winnipeg is where I want to be. But back to Shovel Dayoff, you know, the things that go on in Ottawa, uh, and it's, they sort of alienate some of their players with the way they deal with them. Shovel Dayoff doesn't alienate his players. He rewards them and, and you know, makes them feel that they're valuable and that they want to be here. And I think it's a world of difference. I, I give Chevy, as everybody here calls him, just a, a ton of credit for what's happened here. Well, and it's funny because uh, the, the hockey news uh, picked the Jets to win the Stanley Cup this year, and you, right. everybody probably remembers their their cover for their, their prospects issue from, I think, Four, three or four years ago where they said Winnipeg Jets 2019 Stanley Cup champions and and, uh, and they're sticking with it. I mean, look, I, you know, I had Jamie Thomas from Jets TV on the show last night to, to talk some CFL and, and Jets and, and I think for Winnipeg, one of the storylines, probably the same storyline we had for the Oilers at this time last year is is can they handle the expectations, right? Can you Can you do it a second year in a row and go even deeper than you did this time? Well, sure, that'll be the challenge. Can Hellebuck come back and play goal the way he did last year, which is the first full, strong season he's had? I think he can, again, because of his mentality and his makeup and his determination and just the quality guy that he is. But with goalies, you never know. I mean, Cam Talbot was not nearly as good last year as he was the year before, was he? I mean, that's yep. one of the problems the Oilers had. So that, those are all reasonable questions. But there's so much talent 
on this team. And it's not just me saying that. Everybody in hockey says that. And they have great leaders in Mark Shifley and, and Wheeler and, uh, you know, the guys on the blue line. Uh, it, you know, there's, I don't see any flaws in the makeup of this team in terms of, of talent and character. And when you've got that going for you, I don't know what would have to go wrong for them to, you know, turn around and have a, a disappointing year. Maybe not quite as good as last year, but, man, all signs point to this team being good for quite a long period of time in the NHL, which would be three or four or five years, ask the Chicago Blackhawks when you, yeah. you know, try to fit all these guys under the salary cap. It becomes a real challenge. But, uh, no, I I think we all of us here would be shocked if this team isn't, you know, very good this coming season. There's no reason to believe otherwise. Line eight should be a better player. Ehlers should. These are young guys who in theory are improving. Mark Scheifele is a much better player this past season than he was the year before. And these guys are all still young and getting better, and, and they're quality guys. And so, no, I look, I, I, the signs are nothing but positive here about the hockey team in Winnipeg. They're going to be fun to watch, and uh, yeah, the Oilers got them early. Fourth game of the season, uh, end of yeah. the uh, end of the stretch of uh, road games for the Oilers. So we'll get a we'll get a good look at them. And uh, New Year's Eve again, Winnipeg and Edmonton. So that's always fun. Hey, Bob, thanks for coming on the show, especially uh, right on the heels of you getting done with Coach O'Shea. I, it's it's too long since we last had you on, so let's do this again uh, for before the Grey Cup for sure. If not, no if not problem. a couple times. No problem. I look forward to being out there for games on the 29th and November the 3rd. Those are going to be big ones. Right on. That is Bob Irving checking in tonight. Calls the Blue Bombers game on uh, Blue Bombers games on CJOB in Winnipeg. He is uh, one of Canada's legendary broadcasters. I love talking to him. He's clearly very optimistic about the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, why wouldn't he be? As he said, don't see a lot of holes in that roster. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 722, Moss and Morley are coming up after 730. I'm back for some final thoughts after the break. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Thank you, Mr. Riley. Eskimos and Stampede. It's Saturday, 5 o'clock kickoff. The game will begin at 3 right here on 630 Chet as the uh, Eskimos become, will try to become one of the uh, few teams over the last four or five years in the CFL to win a game against the Stampeders. Pretty uh, amazing run for Calgary. They just uh, continue putting up the W's. You can text 630-630, our phone number 780-496-0063. You can uh, email me if you are ever inclined at insidesports at 630ched.com. Again, I mentioned the uh, Oilers, uh, some of the Oilers, uh, going through their uh, skates at Rogers Place, so I will uh, try to connect with some players uh, tomorrow. We're planning to have Ian Herbers on the show tomorrow as well, back with the U of A Golden Bears. They, not the Oilers rookies, are going to Penticton this weekend for the Young Stars Tournament. The Oilers and Flames pulled out of that. The Canucks and Jets, 
Young Stars teams will play each other twice on the weekend, and the Golden Bears will have two games against the UBC Thunderbirds as they start to gear up for their uh, Canada West and U Sports season. Man, it was uh, a tough start to the year for the uh, Alberta Golden Bears football team Friday in Saskatchewan. 44-0, they were dropped by the Huskies. I don't think the coaching staff... Well, I, I know the coaching staff not pleased with that game. Certainly some things to work on. They'll try to rebound in their home opener this Friday, and we'll tee that up for you later on this week. All right, Morley Scott and Jason Moss coming up. You heard from Justin Archer and Bob Irving tonight. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. The producer of the Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. The studio producer this evening, the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will talk to you at 6 tomorrow. Have a great evening. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.